Welcome. Glad to see you all here today. It's good to share this time of worship and fellowship with you this morning, and we welcome each of you. I, I think the rain must have scared some people away today. Or, may, or Actually, we have a lot of people that are already at Audubon State Park uh, setting up for getting ready for our picnic today. We are having our picnic today. I know the rain, the, the weather is a little bit iffy, but you just don't worry about that. I got that taken care of. Uh, just, just be there. At one o'clock this afternoon, and we'll share a great time of uh, a fellowship together. I hope that you can you can be there. We welcome each of you, our guests, especially today. We're glad that you're here, and um, you're very important for us. Let me remind everybody of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance. Also, go ahead and check in on, on your uh, smartphone today. And I've already mentioned that we are having our picnic today, so just go out to Audubon State Park. We're at the uh, is it the, the Lakeview uh, Pavilion. And so uh, if you need to know how to get there or follow somebody or ask somebody for a ride, uh, just get every, everybody out there at one o'clock this afternoon. We, you know, that's always a lot of fun. So uh, uh, I hope everybody can can be there. We're also preparing for the Highway 60 yard sale that's coming up the first weekend of October, October 5th and 6th. Um, we are continuing to collect things uh, to to sell at the yard sale. This will be full of stuff uh, for for sale, and all the money that we raise goes to our mission projects. Um, and I understand that right after the picnic today, uh, some folks are meeting back here to help price things for the uh, for the yard sale. So if you want to help help with that, then come back here after the picnic. And um, Felicia, did you have something you want to say? I just wanted to say that we are officially starting our new uh, choir season, and you are invited if you've never been in choir before. We'd love to have you. We're starting off with a party at my place. We're going to do a mass Christmas choir again this year, and we're going to start working on Christmas music, and there may be some choir members who are asking you to join us, and they may give you a little card, Uh, but even if they don't ask, you're invited. Uh, Please talk to me or any choir member if you'd like to join us. We'd love to have you. And also, starting the 1st of October, we're also going to start a new series in uh, our worship music. We're going to start studying the growth and the change of music in the church, starting with today's music, and work our way backwards until we get back to Latin music. So you'll want to be here for that. It'll be a time of education and experience. Experiencing experience. So make sure that you're here every Sunday, but especially starting in October. Yeah. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Uh, just a couple of other announcements. Our, our upperclassmen will be uh, going to the Voices of Elmwood um, Friday. Is that this Friday? It is this Friday. So see Sue Berry. Um, uh, to reserve a, a place for that. And we are also uh, preparing for our blood drive on October the 10th. And you can see uh, Jika Crafton, and she will uh, set up an appointment for you or if you would like to volunteer. So uh, let's stand now and let's greet each other and share the love of God with one another this morning. <laughs>
Let us pray together. Gracious, loving God, every day we wake up and we are astounded once again at the glory of Your creation. You created each one of us to be faithful, loving members of the body of Christ. And You have given us this incredible world to share. You give us the gifts that we need to guide us to fulfillment and salvation. But we also have to admit that things are not always easy. We struggle with disagreement, with pain, with afflictions beyond our control, with self-imposed struggles, and with a world that does not care about its neighbors. Send us your Holy Spirit, O God, to change us to empower us for the work that You have given to us. Ease our troubled minds to receive the peace that can change the world. Holy God, You give us so much that we can't even fathom. You give us the tools that we need to help us to be faithful disciples in this confusing, difficult world. You give us the resources. And therefore, we are called to respond. Help us, O God, to use all of the tools that You have provided to foster goodness and care when it is so much easier to do neither. We want to be faithful as You are faithful. We want to do as You would have us to do. We want to follow the example that You have set for us to live in love. And so we ask for your help to accomplish this because we recognize that we cannot do it alone. We need you, O God. Show us your way and empower us to follow. Amen.
sometimes the hardest thing to say is, let it start with me. Thank you. You may be seated. And children, if you'll come forward, please, for our children's sermon this morning. Testing. It's on. (laughs) Okay. Good morning. How are you all today? Good. Well, I brought a friend with me today. What do you think about my friend? (laughs) I'm taking him to the picnic today. (laughs) Brother Tim said somebody mentioned that he needed to be fed. And I said, well, obviously he's not Baptist, that's for sure. (laughs) So, well, this is Mr. Bones. And when I do talks, many things that I do is historical talks and different types of talks. And I have found that I like to have a prop or something that can help me out. So today for Children's Moment, I brought Mr. Bones. Now, I thought he looked a little bit like Nibby. What do y'all think? How does he look like Nibby? His hat and his bow tie. But look, Nibby doesn't even have a bow tie on today. Maybe Mr. Bones took his bow tie. A little around the eyes. A little bit around the eyes? I don't know if he could play the organ or not. Not very limber, but I'd have to work on that. But I brought Mr. Bones today because Brother Tim is going to be talking today on anger. Do I ever get mad? We all do, don't we? Sometimes it's kind of hard to get over it. Sometimes we say things that are pretty mean to somebody that we really care about. And sometimes we do it to strangers, too. Right? Well, one of the things when I was a kid, and some of you all may remember this, a little saying was, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Is that true? I don't like to be called names. I don't like to be told ugly things. Why? Because it hurts us. Where does it hurt us? In our heart. And that's why I bought Mr. Bones. He's all bones, but does he have a heart? No. So he's not really like us. That's what we look like underneath, but God gave us a brain, and he gave us a heart. So what does we forget to use sometimes? Our brain. And we say things that are mean. And you know what? When you say those things, you can't take them back. Even if you say you're sorry, what happens? That person still remembers what you say. Okay? So right now, I want everybody, the children and the big kids, to turn to the person next to you and smile and say something nice. It can even be something silly, like you have really pretty hair or, or I like your shirt or, or I see a hug or two over here. <laughs> And I see my husband cutting up with the women back there. So, so isn't it isn't it fun to be happy rather than grumpy and sad? Okay. So this week, this is Mr. Bones' challenge to you all. Each day, make sure you go out of your way to say something nice to somebody. You know, one of those could be to your parents or to your brother or sister. Okay. So practice it at home and practice it with your friends and practice it with strangers. Okay? You all have, let's bow our head in prayer real quick. Our dear Lord, most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us a brain and giving us a heart. Please let us remember to use it wisely this week. Let us hold our tongues when we are 
angry, but let us give you praise and please pass on the compliments and say things nice to our friends, our families, and to the strangers we meet. These things we ask in your name. Amen. for all that we have been blessed with. We know we disappoint you many times, so we ask for your strength in our lives. And we know we can't hide who we are from you. You see our heart, and you know every burden and fear that we have. So Lord, help us be grateful and generous givers because we've been given so much. Give us assurance and comfort to know we are in your hands regardless of what happens in our lives. And bless all who are ill and in need of your touch. And please always help us, Lord, see others through your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
scripture reading this morning is from Ephesians 4.30 through 5.2. It is a brief scripture reading, but it has a huge impact, if you listen carefully. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord.
few moments ago when uh, Sue was doing the children's moment, she asked us to turn and say something nice, and I turned to the choir and I said, thank you for singing so beautifully. I hope you appreciate our choir. I really do. A man um, came to work one day, and he had a bad limp just kind of limping along and one of his co-workers asked him what happened and the man said oh it's nothing it's just an old football injury that acts up every once in a while and the co-worker was a little surprised by this and he said I never knew you played football and the man explained oh I never played football I heard it last year during the Super Bowl when I lost $500 I put my foot through the TV Unfortunately, I I can see something like that happening, can't you? I, I can see it happening. The fact is that when we're angry, when we're upset about things, we can do some pretty stupid things. Some of you may have heard about the the man who spent about three and a half hours enduring the long lines and the rude clerks and the insane regulations at the Department of Motor Motor Vehicles. On his way home, he remembered that he needed to, to stop and pick up a gift for his son. And so he got a baseball bat, brought it to the cashier, and the clerk asked, Will that be cash or charge? And the man snapped, Cash! And then he apologized for his rudeness and he explained that he just spent all afternoon at the Department of Motor uh, uh, Vehicles and and the clerk responded, should I gift wrap this or are you taking it back? (laughs) We've all been there, haven't we? We've been in situations when things were just so aggravating that we just didn't know what to do with our fury. Well, Paul addresses this very emotion in our lesson today for, uh, from the book of Ephesians. He wrote, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind. Be compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. What an extremely important word for our world today. In case you have not noticed, we live in a divided, angry world. We have red states and blue states. We have white people and black people and Hispanic people and rich people and poor people and Christians and Jews and Muslims. Muslims, And we all seem to be drifting further and further apart. But here's something that you and I can agree on. Bitterness and rage and anger are dangerous emotions. Does the name Rudy Tomjanovich ring a bell to you? 
some of you know who I'm talking about here. Tom Janovich was a, a basketball player who was seriously injured and could easily, easily have been killed by one punch thrown by another basketball player named Kermit Washington. In a, in a book simply titled The Punch, John Feinstein tells a story of that tragic event. It took place on December the 9th, 1977, during an NBA basketball game between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Houston Rockets. A scuffle broke out at midcourt, and Washington, who, who played for the Lakers, saw Tomjanovich running towards the altercation, not knowing that Tomjanovich intended to break up the fight. He was known across the league as being a peacemaker, but Washington didn't realize that. And so he hit Tom Janovich with a vicious roundhouse punch. And the blow which took Tom Janovich by surprise fractured his face. He left him unconscious in a pool of blood in the middle of the arena. It nearly killed him. And the result, it resulted in, in, in severe medical problems that ultimately ended his career. Tomjanovich's life was certainly shaped by that moment in a variety of ways. But listen to this, folks. Even more so, this event has shaped the life of Kermit Washington, the man who, who hit Tomjanovich. You see, he will forever and perhaps primarily be known as the man that threw the punch. And even though Washington had a good reputation off of the court, he could not escape the notoriety that came from that one act of anger and violence. He and his wife instantly became ostracized from many of the people in their their circle of friends. They had a two-year-old daughter at the time, and Washington's wife was pregnant at the time of the punch. And his wife recalls that she and her children were treated like pariahs after that incident. Her obstetrician refused her service because she was Washington's wife. And and her friends would ask, what kind of man is he that he would do something like that? Kermit Washington went on to have a pretty good NBA career, but he will always be remembered for that one momentary lapse of judgment when he nearly killed a fellow player. So you see, bitterness and rage and anger, they're dangerous. And unfortunately, these destructive displays of emotion are becoming all too common in our society. They're routine in our lives, in our society. We see it all the time. Two shoppers in a supermarket got in a fist fight over who would be the first in a newly opened line at the cashiers. An airline flight returned to a major American city after a passenger was accused of throwing a, a can of beer at a flight attendant and biting a pilot. One father beat another father to death in an argument over rough play at their son's hockey game. A high school baseball coach turned himself in to face charges that he broke an umpire's jaw because of a disputed call. All of these things were were reported in USA Today within just a few short months. 
Bad tempers are erupting everywhere. The media is constantly reporting incidents of road rage and airplane rage and biker rage and surfer rage and grocery store rage and rage at at youth sporting events. And this has led scientists to say that here in the United States of America, we have an epidemic of anger. And this epidemic rattles both those who study societal trends as well as parents who fear that our country is at a cultural precipice and we're about to fall off the edge. And now we have added a new and even more deadly form of violence as men and even boys with automatic weapons who take out their rage by killing scores of innocent people in churches and schools and theaters and sports arenas and concerts. Where's it going to end? Human beings are practically the only species on earth with the emotional capability of killing their own kind. And if, if any evidence were ever needed... Of the fall of human nature, this is it. When bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander get a hold of us, we are not only less than the angels, we are less than the animals. Think about it. Who among us has not seen a normally intelligent, responsible person act like an idiot when out of control with rage? What's happening to us? Is is there any hope that people will gain control of their anger? Even in our personal lives, we, we see the damage that is caused by bitterness and rage and anger to ourselves. And usually when we get out of control, when we, when we lose our control, it hurts us more than it hurts the people that we're angry at, unless we are violent. It hurts us. Many of you may be familiar with Joel Chandler Harris. Anybody ever familiar with that? You will. You, you'll know in a minute. Joel Chandler Harris was a writer in the late 1800s, and he grew up on a plantation in Georgia. He spent his, the early days of his life, most of his life, really listening to African-American storytellers. And so he, he collected these folk tales and published them under the pseudonym of an African-American storyteller named Uncle Remus. Now you know who I'm talking about. Uncle Remus. These folk tales were entertaining and many of them were filled with great wisdom. Many people regard them as racially insensitive, but if, but you know if you read behind read between the lines you'll see that that they were often a subtle way for African American slaves to criticize their lot in life without raising the ire of their masters. But one of the best known of these tales was the tale of Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby. You know the story, don't you? Br'er Fox thought Br'er Rabbit was feeling a little bit too good about himself, so Br'er Fox decided to cut him down to size. 
And so what he did was to take a lump of tar and some turpentine and he, he molded what looked like a tar baby and he put some clothes on his creation and placed him in the middle of the path that Br'er Rabbit frequented. And so Br'er Rabbit came along and he addressed the tar baby in a friendly manner, but the tar baby didn't speak back. He didn't respond. Well, Br'er Rabbit didn't like this rudeness. And so he made two more attempts to get a response from the tar baby, and still there was no reply. And at this point, Br'er Rabbit was so angry that he lost his temper. He let his temper get away from him, and he took a punch at the tar baby, right in the jaw. And of course, what happened? His hand got stuck in the tar. And this made him even angrier, angrier, so he took another punch with his other hand, and that hand got stuck too. And then, he, then he, he kicked the tar baby with both of his feet, and they also became hopelessly stuck. And now he's totally helpless, just as Br'er Fox planned for him to be. And so Br'er Fox threw Br'er Rabbit into the, and the tar baby into the briar patch. Where with much pain, Br'er Rabbit got loose finally. And hopefully this taught Br'er Rabbit a lesson about controlling his temper. My friends, bitterness and rage and anger are dangerous emotions, especially to ourselves. There's a group of medical students years ago that were tested for hostility by Dr. Redford Williams, a professor of psychiatry at Duke University. And then 25 years later, they checked on these same people again. And, and what they discovered was that those with, with low hostility scores had about one-fourth the risk of exper- experiencing heart disease than those with high hostility scores. And, what, and when looking at, at death from all causes... Only 2% of those in the low hostility group had died in the 25 years following those tests versus 13% of those in the high hostility group. Do you see that bitterness and rage and anger are dangerous not only to ourselves, not only to those who have offended us, but also to ourselves? We hurt ourselves. And one of the saddest outcomes of our inability to to control our anger is the damage that we do to those who are closest to us. An article titled Saving the Family appeared in in, um, Newsweek magazine a while back, and it describes the American home. Listen to this, folks. It describes the American home as the most dangerous place to be outside of wars and riots. Now, why does the article say this? Well, listen to these disturbing facts. 30% of all American couples experience some form of domestic violence. 30%. Two million couples use lethal weapons on each other every year. 20% of all police officers killed in the line of duty are killed in answering calls regarding domestic disputes. It is estimated that somewhere between 6 and 15 million women are battered in America every year, probably the most underreported crime 
out there. And even on a much less violent level, relationships are damaged when we let our emotions get out of control. Ken Blanchard gives a a somewhat humorous example of the effect of losing one's uh, control of one's anger in one's life. He says that when his son Scott was a senior in high school, he used to cause problems because he would always park his truck in the driveway, right in the middle of the driveway. And Ken always told Scott to park out on the street because his truck was so huge that nobody could get around it. He couldn't park his car in the garage because the truck was sitting in the middle of the, of the, the driveway. Well, one day, Ken came home and he found that Scott was, had not only blocked the driveway with his truck, but he also had gone off somewhere with a friend and took his keys with him. And Ken was furious. Three hours later, when Scott showed up, Ken was waiting for him. And he stormed out of the house and, 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 and to let, have, let Scott have it right out there by the truck. And he didn't leave Scott any doubt about what he had done wrong and what, he, and what Ken felt, felt about it. And then as Ken was storming back into the house, Scott raced after him and said, Dad, you forgot the last part of the reprimand. And Ken looked at him and he said, You know... The part about you're a good kid and I love you and this is so unlike you. And in spite of himself, Ken cracked up and they hugged. And Ken says that Scott has never left his truck in the driveway again. And he said, I got better at reaffirming my son at the end of a reprimand. And then Ken said... Tell the other person how much they mean to you. Let them know by your words and your deeds that they are cherished. Praise them for what they do well. Now most of us are not Ken Blanchard and we are not as graceful in diffusing a situation in which we've lost our our temper and lashed out at a family member or someone else. And, as, and we continually hurt those who are closest to us. Because sometimes we let our anger get away from us. And so the question is, is there any hope for us? Is there any hope for, for those of us who have a hard time with anger? Well, that's why I'm here today. Of course there's hope. Paul writes, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. Follow God's example. That's the only answer to bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander. Remembering how God accepts us and forgives us when we do things that are wrong, that's the best way, that's the best way that we can, can let go of our own anger when the actions of others disturb us, when we get ticked off at somebody. 
There's a man hanging on a cross, God's own Son, who is testimony to the way that God deals with those who disappoint God. And we need to follow God's example. And with God's help, we need to let go of that anger that we have built up in us. And we need to deal with, with all people with God's example of love before us. Like we sang a moment ago, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. A news reporter named Aaron Opperly told about an angry man named uh, Chris Simpson. Chris had recently lost his first child to death and he had a lot of bitterness and hatred and anger built up inside of him. And to demonstrate his anger, Chris, who's a 30-year-old, 38-year-old garbage man and a former Marine, he joined a white nationalist movement. He had the words pure hate tattooed onto his knuckles. But then Chris and his family watched a Christian movie called Courageous. And Chris started going to church. One month later, he was baptized as a follower of Jesus Christ. And as Chris says, (coughs) he said, any kind of burdens that I carried before, I let them go. He said, there's no need to hang on to things that happened in the past. I forgave all of those who wronged me and I asked for forgiveness from those that I wronged. Somehow, by the grace of God, Chris Simpson was able to leave his bitterness and his rage and his anger behind him. By the grace of God. And one sign of of, of the change that occurred in his life is that he had the tattoos removed from his knuckles. And he took that word hate off of his hands. Just as God took it out of his heart. Now, you and I are not white supremacists. But sometimes we do let bitterness and hatred and anger and rage and brawling and slander enter into our lives, don't we? We just get ticked off. And we know that these emotions are very dangerous to our well-being and to the well-being of those around us. So we need to pray. We need to pray for the ability to follow God's example. To show kindness rather than anger. To show love rather than hatred. To show forgiveness rather than bitterness. To walk in the way of love just as Christ Jesus loved us and gave Himself up for us. This is the will of God for us. May it be accomplished in our lives. Amen. Let us sing together our closing hymn, Breathe on Me, the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need, isn't it? We need the power of the Holy Spirit because, you know, this anger thing, it is so big that we can't handle it. We cannot do it by ourselves. It is only through the power of God's Holy Spirit that we will be able to change our lives in this area. So this is our prayer. Breathe on me, O God.
powerful Holy Spirit breathe on you. and imitate God living in love. Put your hope in God's word and let your own words be truthful and constructive. May injustice rouse your anger but never let your anger cause you to sin. Do not allow room for evil in your life. And may God always hear your voice. May Christ Jesus raise you to new life and may the Holy Spirit nourish you for the life of love. We go in peace to love and to serve the Lord and one another. Amen.